Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This is the July 2nd, 2020 edition of the Dark Illumination Report podcast extra. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about fasting. Does it have a place in diabolism in general? Or, and does it have a place in my tradition specifically? We'll answer that question on this episode. This is a Dark Illumination Report Extra with RJ Womack. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me for yet another episode of the podcast. I hope you're doing well. And today's question comes from Jessica, who asks whether fasting is appropriate in diabolism and in my particular tradition. And I'm going to answer that today. And the first thing I want to say is that fasting is often associated with Christianity, as we know, and lesser educated Satanist and occultist think that if you practice fasting, you're practicing something that is Christian in origin, just like they believe baptism or ritual bathing somehow originated with Christianity, and some people make the same mistake with the idea of the Eucharist. But all of these things can be found in ancient pre-Christian religions in some form or another. And you have to remember, when you're talking about Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, although some people would say that the Christian religion goes back 2,000 years, even though that is a long time, it's relatively young when you compare it to other religious traditions and the history of the human race on this planet. So we're talking about a religion that is not as old as people like to make it out to be. So most of what they developed as part of their practices came from other people's religions and other people's practices. So just remember that. Most of the things that we think are associated with Christianity are in fact pagan in origin. In fact, I fasted just a few weeks ago in preparation for a ritual, so I do it on a regular basis, and I do it um, as part of my regular practice. And I don't do it because I'm trying to cleanse myself or make myself pure in some way to make myself worthy of Satan or to be in Satan's presence. I do it to show my devotion, my strength of will, and how serious I am about my objectives. And that's particularly relevant to my particular practice, because not only do I believe Satan is a god of knowledge and a god of nature, but I also believe he's a god of war and a god of of death. So it's very important that I keep the idea of being strong in my determination, strong in my will, at the forefront of my mind. In addition, my patron demon is also a god of war, a god of death. So according to my personal beliefs, the way we show our devotion to Satan, the way we show how strong we are is by testing our will, by facing our fears, by testing what we're capable of both physically, mentally, and and whatever other way we might be willing to test ourselves. And that's very important to my particular approach. You also have to remember that I admire warrior cultures. I have always been interested in the samurai and Bushido, and I've also been interested in the Vikings and in the concept of 
of the weird and orlog and these kind of ideas. So um, heathenry has always been an interesting thing to me. Norse paganism has always been interesting to me because I've always identified with the warrior culture. And since I consider Satan to be a god of war, a god of nature, and a god of knowledge, plus my patron demon is also those things, these things are very important to me. So fasting just seems like a natural uh, outgrowth of my belief system. Um, it's not unusual for me to test myself that way. And in fact, it's interesting that Jessica brought up fasting because I would not have normally talked about this on this podcast because, as you know, I'm against the idea of bragging about your practices or talking much about your practices, especially something like fasting, because the whole idea of fasting is to create a connection between you and the gods. And I think if you start talking about your practices too much, whether it's your offerings or your rituals, it becomes more about showing off and showing people what you're all about and almost a type of bragging. And I don't believe in that. So I try to avoid that as much as possible. And it's something that I strongly discourage people, you know, to do because I don't want people to brag about their rituals or their practices or their offerings, because then it becomes about something else other than the gods. And in the tradition that I'm trying to create, we want to try to create a tradition where it's focused on devotion to the gods, not on promoting yourself or your ego. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have pride. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be proud of your accomplishments. In fact, our beliefs are exactly the opposite of that. It all comes back to balance. Balance is the key in this tradition. You can have pride, you can have self-respect, you can be proud of who you are and what you are and all the things you've accomplished. You can even have ambition, you can have desire to have as much money as possible, to have your own business, whatever it is you want to do. But just make sure that those desires and those ambitions don't overshadow the gods. That's the key, to find that balance between the two sides of yourself, the spiritual and the material. But fasting is a good example of that because you almost have to suspend your earthly desires because your need for food, everybody loves food, is so critical to your survival. So it's a great way of making a sacrifice because if you're anything like me, I love my food and I hate fasting, to be honest, but I do it to show Satan how serious I am I am about what I'm asking for or what I'm doing and to show him that I wouldn't make that sacrifice for anybody else. I wouldn't make the sacrifice to deny myself things that I enjoy. I wouldn't make the sacrifice, even my diet program, part of the reason I'm on the diet program that I'm on is because I need to be in the best health possible so that I can do this work for Satan because I have some underlying health issues that require me to stay at a certain weight so that I can be healthy to do this job. Um, As some of you may know, and when you were listening to this podcast, uh, several years ago, it was very obvious that I was having trouble breathing and I still have um, breathing problems. I still have um, like some respiratory issues. I have asthma and stuff like that. So you can hear it when I take deep, deep breaths and stuff like that. But it was really bad, almost to the point where I had to give up doing podcasting. It was so bad. So as a way of showing Satan that I take my commitment to him seriously, I stay on a very uh, low carb Uh, keto diet so that my weight stays down and so that I can be able to do this podcast and have the appropriate energy to do my job. And that's not just because I want to lose weight. It's because 
I made a promise to Satan to spread his message. And the only way I can make sure that my health, my blood pressure and everything else stays where it needs to stay so that I can do my job is to maintain a diet that maintains my weight and maintain an exercise program that maintains my weight. And that's not because I personally am worried about my appearance or worried about what anybody else thinks of me. It's because I promised Satan I would do it and I promised Satan that I would do this job. And the only way I can do that is by maintaining those particular practices and those particular um, things. So that's an idea of how I approach sacrifice. Um, so fasting is just another expansion of those things. Now, let's get into the the history of fasting a little bit. Now, I'll find more information as time goes on, but right now we know that in the cult of Demeter, when they used to do the Eleusinian mysteries, they would fast before they would go to the temple. And they would, I don't know how long they would fast for, but they would fast. And then whenever they would do the rituals, they would take hallucinogens. Some people think it was ergot. Some people think it was mushrooms. They really don't know what they took. But they would fast, and then they would kind of hike to the temple. And it was several miles that they had to hike, and they would do it overnight. And so that's one place where fasting was very common. And the other thing is the um, Eddas. The Eddas in the Norse religion show that Odin took out his own eye and fasted for nine days while he hung on a tree so that he could gain the wisdom of the runes from, from um, the underworld. And so that's another example of fasting being used in a pre-Christian religion. Um, the interesting thing about that is a lot of people would say that Odin, the myth of Odin in that particular um, Edda, is an example of how you should be, how you should handle your personal sacrifice. And when Odin was sacrificing himself to himself, when he used the spear to pierce his side and he gouged out his own eye and he fasted, he was sacrificing himself to show his devotion and his desire and his passion for wanting that forbidden knowledge or wanting knowledge beyond all the other gods. And that's how he did it. He showed his devotion through denying himself stuff. It wasn't about him cleansing himself so that he would be pure enough to be in his own presence. Like the Christian idea, it was the idea that if you want something, you have to make sacrifices. And in the Norse pagan tradition, they believe that if you want the gods to give gifts to you, you have to give gifts to the gods. That's why they do um, incense and offerings and things like that. That's why we do sacrifice. And even in the Vedic traditions and even in the um, other pagan traditions, they believe the same thing. In all the and many of the religions that go that started before Christianity, they had a belief that the way that you got the gods' attention was by giving things to the gods. If you wanted the gods to give something to you, you had to give something to them. And in many of these older religions, they believed that we were created for one purpose, and that was to serve the gods, meaning that we were supposed to give them incense and alcohol and food offerings because they got energy from it. It gave them strength. And the belief that we had in them and the dedication and the attention we paid to them gave them power to exist. And in return, they would bless us by giving us some of that energy back. And that was a very ancient belief, and it's in many pre-Christian religions, and that's what it says. It basically says that we were created by the gods to 
worship them and honor them and give them power. And in return, they would give us power. It's a reciprocal relationship. And people always say, well, why did the gods create us? They created us to worship them and honor them. And by worshiping and honoring them, we give them power. And in return, they give us blessings. That's the idea. But anyway, I hope that helps. Um, I hope I didn't ramble on too much. I hope it gave you some information that would give you some insight into um, how I approach religion, how I, how I do things in my personal practice. And I hope it gave you some context to understand how I view things. I do not view um, any kind of sacrifice as something we have to do, that Satan demands us to sacrifice to him, that he demands for us to do things for him because we are somehow impure or unworthy to be in his presence. That is very much a um, attitude of Jehovah, and it's not an attitude that we share in this religion. Anyway, that's it for today, guys. See you next time. Take care, everybody. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Dark Illumination Report podcast. For the latest news headlines, show information, and more, go to rjwomack.com. That's rjwomack.com. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.